We're on a mission from God. And now, something completely different. This is Pastor Charlie John Lukowski from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in New Orleans, Illinois, and Trinity Lutheran Church in Darmstadt, Illinois. And at my right hand, I have Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in the Tree Light Streets of South St. Louis. That's right. The spirit of Christmas has started up, hasn't the, it? Yes. The, yeah. the streets are lit up. The, the trees are lit. The the festivals have begun. So we, uh, our, our neighborhood, St. Louis, is where we're located, transforms itself into Christmas town, even. Uh, and that's that's what... we got to come over and see that. We've never yeah, come over yeah, and see t- the take lights. A look. Is there a particular they, area that they, they come, come by to? bus, even. Where, so, where do you go? What's the street? So you want to uh, check out Murdoch Avenue, which turns into okay. Snowflake... No, excuse me, Candy Cane Lane. Okay. And then we got Snowflake Street. That's another road that transforms itself. And a couple of them have different radio frequencies to tune into, and they have... Choreographed light displays. Is that it's right? uh, yeah, that's tied with the music. It's pretty cool. It's worth seeing. But but you know what they don't have? What you don't have no fish in Santa Claus over there, do you? <laughs> Come on, I'm guessing you do over we there. We do. New Come down and wait for <laughs> our spectacular light show with at least. A thousand different lights. <laughs> <laughs> One thousand sprinkle lights. <laughs> and we have the fishing Santa, which you will not find anywhere else, I believe. Perhaps in the entire world. I have never seen I have never a seen fishing a fishing Santa, Santa. But we have him here at New Athens. But that's okay. Go to Murdoch, see the things over in St. Louis, and then come over for our fabulous light display. It is so crowded. I mean, it's it's crowded with, with cars, so we usually just is. walk the, the displays. Oh, that's so, cool. It's, so it's, the weather's decent. Too. Take a walk. Go by Ted Drew's. Cool. Enjoy your custard. Uh, is Ted Drew's open? They are. Yeah, they are selling Christmas trees like crazy right now. Do they sell? I don't want to buy a Christmas tree. I want to buy <laughs> ice cream. I know. Or, like, or yeah, you and me both. <laughs> we can't get that anymore. So, yes, they still have the ice cream. They oh, still they have do. the frozen custard. Okay. So you're safe. Oh, you're okay. safe. Okay. Yeah. Well, now we've planned your holiday weekend for you. <laughs> That's right. Come on over. But, actually, we don't want to start the holiday yet because this, technically speaking, is the last day of the church year. Because the church here actually does not officially begin. Well, maybe if you're Jewish, it would start tonight at sunset. <laughs> but, but, for, for our Jewish uh, listeners observing <laughs> Advent. <laughs> for all you Thanks, Jewish John. people. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah, tomorrow will be the first Sunday in Advent. Yes. So yes. technically this Saturday, we're still in the old church here. In fact, like I said, we're wrapping up the church here. So what uh, the tradition is, is that when we come to the end of the church here, we like to talk about the end of the world and the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that's what Matt and I would like to do today. Yeah, and there's right. a, there's also an emphasis too uh, on Jesus as, as King at that return. That's true. Yeah, so sometimes even that last Sunday, sometimes called Christ the King Sunday, yep. and and some of the readings that we use at least reflect that kingship of Jesus that he's not coming as this little baby again to to suffer and die. No, he's coming as King uh, over all things. He comes that second time. And and therein, like you, I'm glad you alluded to that. That becomes the great contrast. So we end with this big emphasis that he's coming as the judge, he's coming as the king, he's coming in power and glory, surrounded by angels. And then all of a sudden, boom, 
we're back to this Jesus who comes as this little child lion yeah. in a manger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of a nice contrast. And he's both. That's the great thing. He's both of those things. He's both king and he's also both humble babe lying in a manger exactly and that amazing it i mean is. it's just incredible and, and that's the amazing thing too is that his return he's still he's still human yeah. he's still man yeah. god yeah. and man yeah. that hasn't changed it hasn't yeah. changed yeah. Yeah. wow his great love for us so what we'd like to start with is we got several different texts that have to do with the events at the end of the world and i would like to start with a challenging one uh the so-called uh, abomination of desolation and then matthew's got some stuff about when jesus comes and he's right we're going to talk about where they separate us as sheep and goats. yeah matthew 25 and if we have time i would like to raise the issue why does it sometimes the bible seems to say that the end will come suddenly and no one will know what's coming a total surprise like a thief and then other times well like the text we're going to look out right now like oh there's going to be all these signs that the end will come and then he'll arrive so mm -hmm. so can mm -hmm. we start talking about one of the signs that i think puzzles people the abomination of desolation it's in matthew chapter uh 24 okay let's take chapter a look 24 lots of end of the world stuff there if you look for end of the world stuff 24 25 is a good place to go uh have you got it there you want yeah. to read at verse 15 you bet so when you see the abomination of desolation of uh, spoken of by the prophet Daniel standing in the holy place, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is at the housetop not go down to take what is in his house. Let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that your flight may not be in winter or on a Sabbath, for then there will be great tribulation, such as not been from the beginning of the world until now. No, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. All right, that's that's good enough. I think that gives us the material we, we need to look at. So what do you know about this abomination of desolation, which apparently is a symbol, a sign that the world is about to come to an end? So it's it's hearkening back, as it says here, as Jesus says in Matthew, back to the Old Testament, right, back to the right. time of Daniel. Yeah. And this uh, connection to the temple, this abomination taking place in the temple itself, that place where God dwells there well, in Jerusalem. Well, I'm going to interrupt you, Luke, because that, that's part of the controversy yes. we're going to share, because this is a very controversial subject, because mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. is it the temple, or is it the entire city of Jerusalem? The, the holy place. He talks about the holy place, but there is some dispute. But go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. Well, I think part of it is pointing to an, an event in the temple, this intertestamental period, so yep. in between the Old yep. and New Testaments, how it, the temple is desecrated. It is. Uh, this uh, it, uh, this pig sacrifice, even in the, the temple itself. Maybe, and, maybe we should, we know what the terms mean. Yes. Uh, abomination is something that would be offensive, something that literally would disgust God. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and desolation uh, is uh, actually comes from the word wilderness. That's what it comes from. And so desolation is a place where people don't want to be. Mm -hmm. we, mm -hmm. we talk about a desolate area, and it means, well, not many people are around there. So we got something that's going to offend God, and yet at the same time is going to offend people too. They're going to say, oh, I don't want to be any part of that. So yeah, so we got this whole deal that you're talking about. Uh, what, about 160 B.C., I believe it was? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the temple, yeah, just uh, really is desecrated. Um, but at the same time, as you alluded to, you know, we, we think of the wider Jerusalem city itself, the city of Jerusalem itself. And I think when we're looking at this, and and this is you know kind of an apocalyptic 
yes, passage, yes, I guess we yes, could call it. it. Uh, and maybe that's one of the first things we need to recognize, too. Here in Matthew, as Jesus speaks, but also in Daniel. He's, it is. He's that apocalyptic, apocalyptic literature, they exactly. call Daniel. The book yeah. of Revelation, we think of that, too. We think of parts of Ezekiel, where it's it's loaded with symbolism yeah. and with different pictures. And part of the challenge is then unpacking, okay, what does this mean? And sometimes it's pointing ahead to different events that will take place. Some are foreshadowing of an even greater event that may take place even later. So that's a good way of pointing it out. So it's not necessarily just one thing, but it might be a series of things, each, of course, getting progressively more and more important, more and more widespread, more and more significant. And so maybe a good, you know, Lutheran, we kind of joke about this sometimes, the Lutheran answer is about Jerusalem, is about the temple, and we might just say, well, yes. It's about it all. all. Um, So so you have this thing of Antiochus Epiphanes, uh, because actually I did an intensive study on this whole uh, abomination of desolation for for, uh, my last sermon. Uh, and, and he's this uh, Greek uh, 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 king who claims to be God, and like you said, uh, he is obviously offended at Jews. Why would he be offended at Jews if, if he claims to be God? Well, if Jews consider him to be unclean, to be yeah. a Gentile, to right. be apart from the so, favor of God. So he's not yeah. only not God, but he wouldn't even be liked by God in, in the way. And, and, and obviously, he's not liked by God because he puts a statue of Zeus in the temple. He starts butchering pigs, sacrificing pigs in the temple. Uh, yeah, which, and talking about abomination, this yeah. unclean animal, this pig being sacrificed. So that's an abomination. It's idolatry, which is an abomination to God. It, as you said, it desecrates the temple, so it would be a thing of desolation. Uh, of course, uh, all of our Jewish listeners would be quick to remind us that it has a happy ending, right? With Judas Mac Maccabeus, the the great uh, Jewish leader, and he defeats this Antiochus and cleanses up the temple. And in fact, uh, this next month, from I believe it is December 12th to the 20th, uh, Hanukkah, Hanukkah. Yep. which is the rededication of the temple. So yes, all of our Jewish listeners out there, yeah, blessings on your celebration of the fact that the temple was at this point restored. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, Caligula, the Roman emperor, tried to do the same thing. He also claimed to be God. He wanted to set up a statue of himself in the temple. I didn't pull it off because Caligula died. (laughs) (laughs) Now, now here's this thought occurred to me, though, because we said, well, that proves he isn't God. But ironically, God does die, doesn't he, Matt? Yeah, God himself. Only only he rises on the dead. Exactly, raises himself from the dead. Yeah, Caligula couldn't pull that bit off. Um, Lenski, you love Lenski, don't you? You love Lenski like I love Lenski. (laughs) Lenski says he doesn't think the abomination has anything to do with foreign powers putting their idols in the temple. He thinks it's what the Jews did to themselves. Because in about, let me see, was it was 67, 67 A.D., uh, there was a group of very violent uh, uh, militaristic Jews called Zealots mm-hmm. who felt that Rome should be violently opposed. They had taken over the temple, and then there was another more conservative group of Jews who felt that they should maintain their loyalty to Rome, and they fought a great battle in the temple and shed the blood of hundreds of men spread all over the temple floor again, an abomination, uh, a desolation. Uh, so now would you like to finally hear... Oh, oh I'm sorry. Uh, talking about Jerusalem. Uh, some scholars point out that the abomination of desolation wasn't just the temple, but it was when the Romans uh, surrounded Jerusalem to besiege it. Uh, and in fact, you know, that's what Luke says. Uh, Luke, in his parallel account, talks about when you see the armies surrounding yeah. the city, yep. it's time for you to flee. Uh, Eusebius, the uh, Christian historian, says, in fact, that is what happened, that the Christians left and went to, to Pella. You can see I've been doing some research. Boy, I'm <laughs> impressed. Okay. Just don't ask me anything other than the abomination of desolation. That's all I really know at this point. 
Uh, um, so anyway, would you like to hear my opinion? Matt, on what I, the abomination? Go ahead. Go ahead just no, just jump in real quick too. Yeah. The, I think of just the worship in the temple apart from Christ ah, is an abomination too. Ah. That even after Christ comes, and even after the temple of His body is destroyed, yes. right, and then raised again, to even still have sacrifices being made. And putting trust and faith in those rather than in the Lamb of God who was just sacrificed on the cross, that's that's an abomination too. And you know what, Matt? See, they say that great minds think alike. And and, and you and I think alike as well. I know. That <laughs> so, doesn't you know, apply. But... It probably applies <laughs> to any number of levels of the mind. Uh, uh, but because that, no, that, that's seriously, I'm excited because that's exactly the same thought I had. I think the whole business of Christ uh, uh, and being crucified. By his own people, by the people of God. Yeah, I think that's the abomination. Uh, and, and it isn't a desolation at first, because God's a patient, merciful God. So he allows the temple to remain. The Christians actually go to temple, don't they? Mm-hmm. Not to make sacrifices, yeah, so they gather. Yep. as you pointed out. Don't need to do that, but to pray to God, sure. to speak about Jesus Christ. But it's only then when the Jews begin to persecute the Christians. Uh, you know, Stephen, he gets uh, stoned to death. Uh, Herod arrests what James or kills, kills yeah, James, James. Yeah. throws Peter into prison uh, and the book of Acts tells us that many of the Christians there was a great persecution and they began to flee and I think it's that point that God says okay there's a desolation there's no need to have a temple anymore it, it served its purpose in fact we would even continue that tradition for a while as long as they would allow my people to preach Jesus but now that they don't yeah, we might as well bring it all to an end. So that's yeah. strange that you would say that, because that was exactly my thought, too. I don't think it's any one historical event, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it probably is just, just this rejection of the gospel that was come to God, brought to his people first. Yeah. First people he went and came and said, I want to save you. How often I would have gathered you as a hen gathers or chicks, but yeah. you would not. All right, so we hope that helps you. Any yeah, other comments so that temple the destroyed then in 70 AD yep. then, yep. And, and still not rebuilt today. It I mean, that's pretty remarkable 2,000 years later. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's move on to Matthew 25. So we've got more stuff about the end of the world. What's going on in Matthew 25 about the end of the world? Well, this one is a little more familiar. I think abomination, okay. desolation stuff, you know, it, pigs and Zeus statues. <laughs> we're, we're not all that familiar with that. But we know Matthew 25. And it's, it's I think, part of the reason why it's, it's been so depicted by artists and even, um, you know, literature in all sorts of different ways. And so I think of, uh, if, if you've... There's this old mosaic from the 6th century uh, that depicts Jesus with two angels and then on either side, literal sheep and goats. Is that right? You know, animals on his, when a sheep How on his right, apart, goats on the left. The I'm glad you asked. Yeah. It's, it's pretty easy to tell sheep and Is goats really? apart. So, I mean, okay. if you've been out on the farm, um, I'm in the big city now, but if you've been on the farm, so you have the, the goats, they have hair, the sheep have wool, wool. right? The, okay. uh, the, the goats, they have a tail that usually is up. Sheep have tails that are no down. Wait a second. I want to write this stuff down. <laughs> so now not only can I impress people with my knowledge of the abomination of desolation, but I can show them with my That's animal right. husbandry. That's right. Very good. So goats, tails up, sheep, sheep are down. tail down. Goats, just hairy. Uh, sheep with wool. With wool. Goats okay. are a little thinner. Sheep might be a little more plump. Plumper? You know, if you think okay. about that. Um, which I, I think is important to keep in mind because when it comes to real sheep and real goats, well, you can tell them apart, of course. Yeah. Any, anyone can tell them apart. Even some guy that lives in the city like me can tell them apart. But but what's the deal when it's people? 
What ah. what is it that determines whether someone is a sheep oh, or a goat? See. Since we don't have tails, that's out. So the more plump ones are the sheep. No, that's Some not of us idea. don't have as much hair as others have hair. That's not name that's names. That's probably not going to work. <laughs> so what is it? And that's, yeah. that's for the question. So uh, anyway, that, that piece of art, I think it's kind of interesting. It has literal sheep on yeah. his right, goats on the left. But then you have these, and, and Jesus pictures a king, and he's looking out at us and kind of looking at the viewer, almost asking us, you know, which side Where are you, you on? Yeah. yeah. And then I don't, I don't know if you've ever been there to the Sistine Chapel. I haven't been fortunate enough to, to I visit it. I haven't that either. But that beautiful altarpiece, you know, not on the ceiling, but by the altar. Um, Michelangelo, of course, paints that, and it's the sheep and the goats. Is that right? I didn't know that. This time, it's not people. It's not sheep. Real literal sheep and goats. It's people. It is people. And in the middle is this muscular figure, and it's guess who? Jesus, Jesus. returning as king to rule and to reign. Are there visible things that distinguish the people in the picture? You know, it's this sort of this swirl of activity. I mean, it's it's it took them four years to paint this thing. Yeah, and it's not. There's other pieces where it's, you know, suffering and, and you know, yeah. paradise. Oh, yeah. so definitely. Not, not as much in is this that right? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. we're not, it's kind of chaotic, that, the, you know, the, when the, I look the, at the, it. The suffering and the, yeah, that's yeah. usually after when, yeah. when they depart from me or, you know, come sure. with me. Yeah, but this is, we're still in the judgment. So I, my whole point in, in saying this is I think it's something we're familiar with, sheep and yeah. goats, and we even use that term somewhat in cliches even today. But I think it's really a misunderstood story, All though, right. that Jesus tells. Are it's familiar, but us? misunderstood. So Are let's you help us understand Well, we'll, we'll sure try. Have you we? ever seen the Sistine floor, by the way? <laughs> I hear that's really impressive, too. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a far side cartoon about that. Was it so. someone in Lombardy and Sons installing the, the Sistine <laughs> floor? floor? Yeah, it's, uh, we're not quite as famous, get, but yeah, I know. Oh, where were we at? Matthew 25. <laughs> Matthew 25. You want me to start reading there? Matt? Yeah, let, let's just kind of okay. walk through this a little. I think it's probably All the best right. way to handle it. So, yeah, let's do uh, verses 31 uh, through 33. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. Before him, he will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from the other, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. You want me to keep reading? Well, well what, okay, so that's verse 33. Yeah. I, I guess we'll pause there and just say, okay, sheep on the right, goats on the left. But again, what what determines that? What, what determines whether someone's a sheep or a goat? How do I know whether I'm a sheep or a goat? Yeah. Um, and I think verse 34, the next verse, gives us insight. I think okay. Jesus himself gives us some insight. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Yeah. So the ones on the right, the sheep, uh, come, blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. So what, what determines the sheep isn't whether they have wool or hair or tails up or down or even the good things that a person does. Well, but, now, wait a second, because then he's going to go on and he's going to list all the good things but, these but people what do. I, yeah, the, very good. But what I think is interesting, before he even does that, yeah. he says this. This yeah. is kind of the, 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 the sets the stage, prefaces the whole and, thing. And by the is way, this, they're, they're, these already, words in they're verse already divided up, aren't they? It's yeah, already been yeah, it's already been yeah. done. Yeah. 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 So before we even talking about feeding the hungry or, or clothing the naked, uh, Jesus already tells us who are the sheep are. In fact, actually, the judgment is done, gone, and over yeah, with, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I think that's what's interesting too. Is this, this is just this is happening publicly, though? Right, right. And, and there's this, all are gathered. Yes, yeah. and I think that's important to recognize the judgment that's done, right? And uh, for those who have died in Christ before this time, they're already with the Lord. Now their bodies are raised. You know, this idea of the last day. Okay, that that's that's all done. But this is now publicly taking place. This separating. 
Um, let me ask you a question here. Sure. And, and by the way, don't get worried about the time. We're, we're going to go ahead and do this next week, too. Okay. All right. <laughs> For those of you that think we plan a- this out all ahead, we're giving the truth. We just kind of do it as, as the Spirit leads us. Because, you know, we have these people gathered. And yes. It says uh, he will gather all the nations. So what, what is your opinion? Because I've heard two, two ways of understanding this, that it literally is everyone. Okay, that's yep. everybody in the world gathered here. Um, but I've also heard it said that, no, this is just the believers. All right, well, those who claim to be believers. This is just the church that is gathered. Uh, and the argument for that is the commandment was go and make disciples of all nations. Yes. And now we have all nations gathered. So it would be those who claimed, at least, to be part of the church. You got an opinion one way or the other about that? Well, I mean, if this is Christ's return, I mean, certainly at his return, I would just, you know, go to the creed, too, that we believe in the resurrection of the body, the life everlasting. So certainly when Christ returns, regardless of what this individual story is talking about, all are going to be raised. And we want to make that clear. Okay, yeah. So Uh, Believers, unbelievers. We want to make that clear. This particular account, well, you know, I I guess you could go either way, perhaps. Um, But if it is those who are have heard the gospel, um, certainly the goats are those who are numbered among those who have rejected it, those who are perhaps even hypocrites uh, within the church. Um, so we want to be clear on that, too. So as, as we move on in the account, I think it becomes more and more clear that it's, it's those who have faith and those who don't, those who reject Christ. Uh, the king who's returned. And, and, and you know, I'd always just assumed uh, the one that said all nations that it didn't mean everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but on the other end, I, there's some more to be thinking of it in terms of we don't need to worry about the other because they have. They have not They have not believed. They have not accepted. So it's not really an issue uh, for them in terms of a final judgment. But it really does become an issue for those who said yeah. that they were believers, that heard the gospel. Yes. But, of course, like you said, there are hypocrites. That's been a fundamental teaching uh, that there always are hypocrites in the church, and yet it's still the church. That that's the great thing. Hypocrites don't nullify the church, but that there would be hypocrites. Rise. Well, anyway, yeah. I've heard it both ways. I just wonder so, if you had an opinion. Well, I think the important thing to, to again is when Christ returns, it's going to be all people who are yeah. raised. You know, of yeah, that's all right. nations, we're not everywhere. That. Yeah, but what we're wrestling with is okay. What about this, this particular story. chapter yeah. in the story? Yeah. Okay. okay. So, but but do you want to delete? Because I think it's kind of cool that, like you said. These are obviously the believers that are spoken of here because they are blessed. Uh, they've got an inheritance, right, uh, which you get when, when somebody, what? Gives it to you. When yeah. someone dies, yeah. and then uh, and then it's just given. Yeah, so that so it's not, you know, your, your Uncle Charlie could leave you $10,000, and maybe you didn't even know who your Uncle Charlie is, but he died, and because of his death, and so that's, of course, as Christians, then the bell goes on and, and the light lights up for some of us anyway, whose bells and lights still work. Uh, yeah, it's Jesus, right? He died. We got an inheritance, right? Uh, and it's just given to us. Uh, I always like the part about prepared before the foundation. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's just mind-blowing. I mean, that's just before the foundation of the world, he's chosen us by his grace. Nothing, again, nothing that we've done to earn that that choosing, but just purely the grace of God, made righteous by grace in Jesus. So having established that, that it, it's about faith, it's obviously about faith, That these are all faith words about inheritance and blessing and all of that. So then why, 
I'll read the next part, and you tell me why does he want to bring all this stuff up? And maybe we'll, maybe we'll have people come back and listen. They will. They'll have to come back and listen next week, won't they, Matt? Because we're out of time. We are. You know, and I, I would like to begin with, <laughs> with a little analogy about the uh, the pardoning of the uh, Thanksgiving Day turkeys by the president okay. and how that applies to Matthew 25, maybe. Oh, man, so we have exciting yes. stuff. Yeah. So come on back and hear a little bit about uh, a wishbone and drumstick next week. All right, so that, the wishbone and drumstick, and then why would Jesus bother mentioning works when obviously it's about people, their faith. Well, we've got a great start to the new church here next week on Wrestling, Wrestling with, with the, the Basics. basics.